Welcome to another edition of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm privileged to have a very eminent academician who has done, who achieved a lot in academics, Dr. Sanjeev Bansal. Dr. Bansal, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. And it's a profound privilege that you have, uh, you considered me to be here, but if you Permit me to say, uh, achieved. So I am totally on the learning curve and actually I have not done anything. Thank you. So uh, Dr. Bansal is the Dean FMS and the Director of the Amity Business School. He's an avid researcher with more than 208 research papers published. He's authored 42 books. He's a recipient of the Dr. Sarvapalli Radhakrishnan Lifetime Achievement National Award. And of course, he's been awarded and recognized several times. So Dr. Bansal, what would you say are three key milestones in your career or your life? All right. Uh, if you say milestones or you could say that the things which made me, made me feel happy. Uh, the first thing is definitely award of PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I belong to a business family and uh, my father was the rebellion and he came to Delhi, uh, leaving aside, I mean, leaving his, to- I mean, his father's business and everything. Mm-hmm. And he was, a, you know, avid uh, learner. He 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 was a very well-read person. And um, but in my family, there was no no person who was a PhD. So award of PhD was one thing which uh, made me happy, mm-hmm. and it basically gave uh, you know a lot of inspiration to all my younger cousins and family members also. Mm-hmm. Then I am I'm a, a strong believer, and I always believe whatever he does is only for good. Mm-hmm. But for good reason, uh, my first son came after 10 years of our marriage. So, but for my first son, I have two sons now. So, but for my first son was another uh, another thing which I would like to mention, which was a milestone uh, in my life. I I joined, I was into teach, I am teaching for last 31 years and uh, started with the uh, University of Delhi and I was like, I mean, number number of institutions I taught in parallel and so on. But MIT, joining MIT is one thing which I definitely, it has changed uh, my way of thinking and my life also. Okay. So these are the three milestones I feel. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let's talk uh, about education in India. We'll first talk about management education. You know, when I did my MBA in 79, there were very few chosen institutes not such major competition to get into different management schools. Today, it's changed completely. As you look back, what would you say is the pattern of evolution of management education in our country? Sir, uh, with, due res- uh, with due respect, if you, I mean, just go to the history of management education, 1881. Hmm. So, Wharton was the first institution, Wharton University of Pennsylvania. So, Mr. Joseph Wharton started this institution. Hmm. And it was actually, uh, it was a school of economics where he started from. But right. he himself was an entrepreneur and ultimately then he uh, uh, he converted into a business school. Mm-hmm. In India, business education was slightly delayed. We started in the late 40s mm-hmm. so with XLRI and then uh, Kolkata and so on. In Delhi, it came in seventh, late 60s, mm-hmm. 70s. So... If you see evolving of management education, if you permit me, honestly, I'm a 67 born and 
first time i came across this word mba was in 75 when i was watching a movie called trishul mm-hmm. the gentleman came uh, hugging to his brother and he told him that he had done an mba mm-hmm. but till my college time another i mean very few people were knowing about uh, management education correct there were very few people who were actually knowing the value of management education they were but after uh, 90s 1991 92 after dr manmohan singh uh, all these reforms uh, dr uh, mr narsimha rao um, uh, this education reforms and then the private sector started coming into the education though we were having uh, but before that we were having all these uh, uh, i mean all these private colleges running engineering mainly and from every part of the world we used to go to do engineering in southern part of i mean all these matka states we mm-hmm. call it maharashtra andhra tamil nadu and so on. right but management education was not as popular after 90s there was basically something where management education took a uh, took a wheel and like amity also we started in 1995 it was the first the school which i had this is the first mm-hmm. school of this entire group mm-hmm. from which we started the journey from initially when i was like uh, going to teach in many uh, business schools the pattern of education was different people who used to i mean they who used to be aware of the uh, term mba or management education they used to only join mm-hmm. but of lately uh, when it became popularized the things have ch- changed uh, very sadly but plenty of people uh, ask their boards to join this program because they feel that roi is better in this field i mean uh, you will be surprised that most of number of times when i i'm basically asking people to ask me questions about why they want their work to be in mba mm-hmm. number of them are not very sure the mm-hmm. only thing is they ask me is they do not ask me about the quality of education the paradigms of education the pedagogy of education they ask me only about what kind of salaries will they be getting correct and what kind of companies they will so mm-hmm. this is basically you know uh, the way management education getting popularized mm. when you did your mba you were definitely a aware soul because you were knowing that i have to do mba and what the value of mba is actually mm. but sadly uh, in the last decade this paradigm has totally changed mm. we are taking mba as an alternate to get a job mm. this is something which we have to actually change this is totally pers- these are all my personal view points correct but i really feel bad when i ask a student that why do I, this is general question in the interview when i say why do you want to do mba mm. uh, many of them are not able to convince me mm. the convincing reason i mean they mm. they just uh, give me crap things they have done uh, pharmaceutical thing they have done engineering they have been english but they will just try to justify that they always wanted to be a management graduate mm. but they couldn't do earlier now they are doing it so interesting okay so you know uh, a follow up question to you on that is that again i have asked this many times that why is it that mba schools don't have enough research going on why are we not producing more phd's like you uh, actually sir you know let me tell you uh, we were actually uh, uh, you must be i mean i'm sure you know, you're knowing about we are having more than 44000 institutions in india mm. higher education institutions mm. and less than 1000 mm. are the universities Okay. established universities mm. uh, central government universities state government universities uh, private universities mm. and dim to now we have now this term is not going to be used now dim to uh, after this new education policy mm-hmm. but this number is less than 1000 and 
when it comes to quality standards i mean in india we we were having this uh, we introduced this system nec now uh, for the last uh, few years we have started with nirf ranking also mm. but in management education there are three there were three golden uh, accreditations we eacsb amba and equis they used mm. to be and a school in foreign like they used to have all these three accreditation they used to call it it's a school with the great value Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in India, these quality standards, quality parameters were slightly lesser. Okay. In MIT, this is—I mean, we are a different kind of university. Our vision of our founder, Dr. Ashok Chauhan, is very different, very well defined. Mm-hmm. And we started with accreditations long back. Okay. Uh, I'm very happy that now UGC is coming out with very lot of new measurements where they're asking universities to be a part of NAC, part of NIRF. But still, you will be surprised, sir, that there are only. few thousand institutions who are taking participation in these surveys and these mm. ranking because these are the quality yardstick they are putting you under tremendous amount of you know pressure for uh, maintaining quality mm. and quality standards so quality uh, quality in education the moment you speak about quality the first thing the first parameter is your academic quality which includes research Mm-hmm. because academic and research go in parallel only right. if you if you are not doing any innovation or any new research in academics i think it's going to example in the last in this last year we have seen how the entire world has now changed from face to face to online correct so so my next question to you you know is is that uh, very often you know we've got a whole lot of business schools Uh, and i often wonder why don't we have business schools in the top 100 in the world what will go i mean you know institute like ahmedabad and uh, bangalore and calcutta have been in existence for several years 30 40 40 years probably but we still don't see them in the top 100 schools what should be done to our business schools to bring them into the top 100 sir this is a very well defined system accreditation they, they focus on teaching quality they co- uh, focus on teaching pedagogy they uh, speak about intellectual capital they speak about your research your consultancy your training uh, uh, student progression right and a very strong measurement there is corporate interaction and your alumni database mm. uh, we have very good business school we have very good business school number of iims number of very uh, xlri where they are still i mean Like at MIT, uh, we are in top ten rankings by various agencies, sure. and uh, we are in NIRF's top fifty ranking also. But you know, the to maintain all these things, one thing is very sure that we have to focus on certain things very categorically. Mm. Our system should be outcome based, mm. which is which is a very rare phenomena. You will be surprised that outcome based education is a very known parameter in uh, outside the world. Mm. But in India, this this parameter is not given much of value. Mm-hmm. we were the first university uh, by wisc western um, association of schools and colleges us who awarded us for outcome based education now outcome is where what you intend to do and you achieve it this is outcome if you are you know i mean there, there is nothing like you 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 um, i mean um, you organize 50 guest lectures you speak to 50 people you do these type of classes but effective effectiveness and that to measurable effectiveness is not there mm-hmm. So the, at the end of the day, everything is basically revolving around quality parameters. Mm-hmm. So for to be in the top hundred schools, see when you are countering with University of Pennsylvania, when you are speaking with Harvard, when you are speaking with Oxford, when you are speaking with good business schools, mm-hmm. you have to definitely match the standards. Now curriculum. Correct. Uh, curriculum is very important part, uh, Mr. Gurg. 
unfortunately in number of established older older universities uh, defined systems i will not criticize anybody but uh, we are not changing hmm curriculum curriculum is something which should be updating on the regular basis this is yeah. a requirement of all and if you are not putting in the latest updations in your curriculum hmm. you are bound to and see ultimately it is convert, for a business school it, it converges to what employability hmm. if your education is not converting to employability it's not going to give you any value so then tell me dr bansal you know what is the restriction in changing curriculum is it the government or is it just the business schools who say that why change every change is there is only one restriction sir mental block mm-hmm. complacency okay if you do not want to if you if you want to if you are passionate about your field you will definitely hmm. if you feel that you have done enough if you feel you have achieved everything if you just run on the existing systems mm-hmm. then you know this is what i have often debated i mean i'm from jamnalal bajaj one yes, it, one stage it was one of the top institutes and then it was split into seven etc etc and and i keep telling people there i said no strong alumni association nobody knows who the professors are no iconic phds coming out of that how does a business school survive and my question to you is the same thing that what should the business schools in india do where at least maybe not globally but at least start getting people from all over asia to come and study here i told you i mean there are very well defined parameters in the quality standards mm-hmm. in every accreditation body every indian accreditation body every foreign accreditation body they are very well defined structure structural system mm-hmm. where they speak about your courses where they speak about your programs they speak about curriculum updation they speak mm-hmm. about the new methodology which you do pedagogy they speak about they speak about the growth of intellectual capital mm-hmm. see if you permit me only two things matter in matter most in any education system the teachers Correct. and the students right mm-hmm. so we have to see both so when we comes to the teacher they should be doing research they should be involved in good consistency they should be involved in training programs mm-hmm. they should be uh, adopting the newest systems mm-hmm. the same way students should be holistic they should be holistic development policies of the student co curricular activities extra curricular ac- academic everything should go hand in hand mm-hmm. if these things are being care taken care by and one more uh, difference which 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 we have tried to cover in mit is uh, there is a vast difference between academia and industry mm-hmm. this is basically the uh, must requirement uh, for a business school especially should we have more collaboration with you know um, um, industry around you should be taking industry into confidence you should be Correct. involving industry into your academic endeavors you should be asking them to be a part of your area advisory bodies mm. more or more of people from industry should be involved to deliver the lectures mm. this is not raw learning only i mean this should be there should be experimental uh, practical learning also so this is something which we, we you know uh, i'm sorry but in number of government systems mm. we are just running with the older curriculum which is uh, now redundant actually Hmm. without But you know government much. government uh, uh, restriction there even for management education no there is no restriction from the government okay. there cannot be any sir okay. see go, uh, restriction or limitation may be in funding or something but hmm. you know uh, survival of the fittest is the key word correct and you have to keep on seeing the com- comparison you have to see your new challenges hmm. so i mean you are from the management school you know so we have to definitely see all these stands we have to do, do this sort Okay so let's now move uh, to some other questions you know as an educator what are some of the core values you believe in sir um, this is as a educator also and otherwise also i believe uh, 
one one tagline which i always put in on my board is truth prevails and honesty pays mm-hmm. this is one uh, no you know when i speak about truth speaking the truth a lot of us speak about mahatma gandhi i am not an ardent fan of or i will not justify whatever he said right. but one thing i really advocate is that speaking the truth is a very difficult phenomena mm-hmm. as soon as the science sciences if i ask you plenty mm-hmm. of friends what are you doing believe you me 99 99% people will not write give you the right answer correct so speaking the truth in the right spirit is basically something so i personally feel that you should be honest about your working you should keep on doing the thing irrespective of your result mm. and believe you me truth will prevail mm. honesty will pay you uh, other in general also spiritually, spiritually also i am as i was discussing before the interview mm. this is my i mean this is my confirmed belief that everything whatever you do Mm. in the right direction the right spirit is going to pay you the rich dividends okay and the, my next question to you is that you know as someone who has led so many businesses business schools uh, what would you say is your leadership style see leadership is something uh, is basically uh, if you ask me i say how mm. kare where i do i believe that competency mapping Mm-hmm. and people management mm-hmm. now first thing is competency mapping where you have to actually see the strength areas and weak area of mm-hmm. all the people whom you are basically taking consideration mm-hmm. and you have to allocate and allot the work as per their competency mm-hmm. believe you me it is going to give you uh, optimum results mm-hmm. and secondly uh, leadership or anything cannot be possible without human involvement human management people management so human values should be given at most importance interesting like okay without 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 affecting the organizational requirement okay. but these things should be given a uh, given importance so one more question for you before i move to a few questions for you personally so you know you worked with over the last 30 years with different students uh, and today's age is the age of the millennials and the gen z's my question to you is that how are based on your experience and perception how are millennials and the gen z's changing management education first thing is sir like when when i was growing so survival of uh, fittest was the key now survival of quickest okay very well sir okay is the key actually hey oh, i reserve my comments on that but i say when you go into the blended mode mm-hmm. then we can see the expectation of this millennial and zets gen c also mm-hmm. and otherwise also okay but but otherwise uh, it is our, our education system or anything is not being changed by because of their because of them hmm. it is something else okay T- take your point so let's move to a few questions for you personally i think i have got time for about three or four questions yeah my first question to you dr bansal is on on your writing so you've written 42 books mm-hmm. my question is what motivates you to write so much uh, to be honest sir like you know one thing is i uh, as i was discussing before this interview uh, i i'm fortunate i'm privileged that uh, my father was a very valid person and he was very uh, learned and he was a, having a passion of writing you know like he used to write i mean full bunch of pages on a daily basis mm. and uh, number of uh, things used to come to his mind and he so he wrote his first book in 1945 and it was just sheer love of his that like i was also editing those that book and all okay. 
but i was always having a feeling that like books are the good medium to make mm-hmm. people aware mm-hmm. so i wrote my first book in 1999 it was actually more on my academic work only mm-hmm. we used to we used to have people from industry also like senior people and they they were actually what more phd than other thing but they were not having this prefix doctor okay. so those people were very good in communication sharing their experiences giving practical learning but mm-hmm. they were not uh, very good in uh, writing actually writing as in like they were not too keen to write the books or research papers or something like that. Mm-hmm. so what i made i i said that uh, let's make a policy that uh, if a student is going for internship then all the industry guide, all the faculty guides i asked that like they should be asked to convert those industry experiences into case studies Mm. and all the people all the students who were basically into dietitians this mm. is mandatory requirement for any mba i said ask them to uh, make a dietitian where plagiarism should be leashed mm. and if that research can be converted into a research paper mm. so initially to promote the students to uh, enhance the motivation of faculty member i said let's write a compilation of case studies mm-hmm. so my few books earlier which i Uh, guided them was basically compilation of case studies which we okay. produced the original work of our scholars and our faculty members mm-hmm. but actually if you i mean the question which you have asked is very specific so the, my main motivation is number one i write where i can uh, motivate people faculty mm-hmm. right secondly uh, in terms of spiritual books which i have written mm-hmm. the motivation is uh, more and more of personal where i feel that uh, by writing i am actually clearing my doubts my this thing and i am basically making me more like the last book which i uh, wrote is on voice, this is voice of god mm-hmm. this is about bhagavad gita so bhagavad gita and other things so somebody asked me like why you wrote this book i said the only reason is i wanted to know about gita mm-hmm. so at least one one reader of this book would be me mm-hmm. and in the process if somebody else can uh, read this book and like be benefited mm-hmm. it will be a bonus wonderful so wonderful So I think I have time for only now one more question for you, and this is a question I'm going to ask you, based on all the experience that you had, based on the success that you had, even though in the beginning of the interview you, you did mention that there's much more to be done. But at your stage of life, as you look back, what does success mean to Dr. Bansal? Success is a very you know, sir. It's a cosmetical word. I mean, this is it has different meanings. Yeah. But I feel. Uh, if you feel that if you have this internal satisfaction where you feel that yes this is worth mm. then this is a success there i mean the different measurements people use like for us uh, for many of uh, many of people i may be a very successful person but mm. if you ask me honestly i uh, when i see uh, when i see success stories when i see philanthropists when i see uh, really i mean very successful people successful leader Mm. I feel I haven't done anything. So success is totally internal satisfaction. Where from the core of heart you feel that I have actually done something. Okay. It may be why you very very minor deed also. It may be why if you are helping somebody and like that person smiles, at times that is also a success. Correct. If you but if you ask me honestly, I this I wrote long back that if when I when I am crossing over. if at least one person in the life says that this i mean uh, the person who is leaving mm-hmm. has made some contribution in my life i think that would be called success so in right. one life accept your inner core family members friends mm-hmm. if you can make addition wonderful addition to at least one life mm-hmm. i feel that would be success so fantastic that's very well said
Dr. Bansal, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I wish you lots of success in everything that you're doing. Thank you, sir. Thank you so very much. And in fact, this is a profound privilege of mine that you have chosen me to be a part of this. Thank you so very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.